All right, welcome into the Plank Show. It is a Thursday edition. With Josh Helmer, I'm Chris Plank. We are on the road today as we are every Thursday. We're at Cavens Group. Cavens Emergency Response. Water, fire, mold, and hazmat. They have morphed their business model to meet your needs. Gary, coming up at 10 a.m., 405-573-3048. How are you on this Thursday, Josh Helmer? Getting getting close. We got uh, football tonight, but getting close to the Big 12 kickoff. Do you have... Oh, you have a game tonight? Or are you just talking about San Francisco and, and New York? San Francisco. Good morning, you know, though, I, by the way. Good morning. Uh, two things. Number one, I uh, I am so, you know, the whole setting your alarm conversation that Toby was having with, with Bob Prisbillo on, on the X. I am such a paranoid oversleeper that – I set so many alarms on my phone, Josh, that I worry that it might overload my phone. If I wake up in the middle of the night, which happens a lot at my age, I double check to make sure that the ringer is on, which I don't know if that affects the alarm or not, and that it's turned all the way up. And sometimes, no, no, every time when I'm in a hotel, I will have a wake-up call for about 20 minutes after all the alarms have been set, just in case, which inevitably what happens, I forget I made the wake-up call, I'm in the shower, and the wake-up call calls comes in, say, just a disaster. So I cannot even fathom being able to, before I go to bed, say, I'm going to wake up at 4.30 tomorrow, and then waking up at 4.30 on the dot in the morning. And, and, and honestly, honestly, I don't believe it either. I think everyone has a fail-safe because you can say that, right? But you have got to have a backup plan. You can't just risk. I mean, that's top five, one of the most arrogant things I've ever seen in my life. Oh, no, I'll wake myself up. Don't worry. And then number two, I just don't think it's conceivable. No, it's it's of the Kramer mindset exactly y'all watch too many seinfeld episodes and and as that episode evidenced it didn't work it don't work set the alarm i think that it's people that are trying to be funny i don't think it can possibly be consistent too dangerous untrustworthy certain things in life are just way too dangerous and one of those is counting on yourself to wake yourself up Instead of setting alarms. <laughs> Count me on team. Do you set multiple or are you just one? Multiple. Are you kidding me? It's, it's like a crazy person set my <laughs> alarm clocks. <laughs> I would I would screenshot and show you my alarms, but then everyone is like, oh, are you just bragging that you get up early? No, no, no. I'm telling you the misery that happens whenever an alarm goes off at 4.10 and then at 4.15 and then at 4.22, then at 4.28. One more at 435, 440, and the Holy S alarm, which is set for 450. Do you Damn. ever set the, okay, I can go back to sleep alarm? Here's the trick. Here's what I've been doing. Well, I don't really know if it's a trick, but that first alarm that goes off at 4 a.m., oh, I, I don't know why I'm trying to do this by memory. I can look at my phone right now. <laughs> it's it's, like, it's kind of fun going by memory. Okay, so listen, here's, I've got, I've got 4 a.m., that, that the alarm is set for. 
I have 405, 410, 415, 420, 425, 430, 435, 437, 440, 445, 447. So I have all those, and I turn them all on. Well, see, here's what happens. Whenever, if that 4 a.m. alarm wakes me up, you know what I do? Is I turn off the 405, the 410, the 415, the 420, and the 425. It's like, ah, the, the phone works. Ah, 4.30 will go off. Because one time in the history of ever, Josh, one time an iPhone alarm didn't go off. And it was like at a golf tournament. Like Ernie Els missed his tee time. And because of that one time, <laughs> one time, I'm paranoid about whether or not it's going to go off. So, yeah. I That's would say, insanity, right? Well, yeah, I'd say that you have advanced waking up phobia. And I, and I, I mean, I don't think I've overslept. I, don't, I mean... I mean, Harry Willis, who was my first ever boss at Orca, might disagree, but man, I was so not motivated in life at that time, Harry. I don't know, dude. It's um, I can't get on board with those who say I don't set an alarm. And then number two, on the sports side of things, I noticed in the Ref Royal Rumble this week, one Josh Helmer, you have not sit in your picks yet. Yet yeah, sounds like a good time to do that, doesn't it? So let's talk through. Do you mind? I mean. We're in a pretty good spot, right? You uh, you got you got your uh, upset with Cincinnati a couple weeks ago when they beat Pitt. That was nice. Uh, you're currently in fourth place in the standings. I currently lead it, but I've really struggled with my locks. In three weeks, I've hit one lock, but I've hit two upsets. So now you know what that leads to. The worst thing that could ever possibly happen in the world of a contest like this, which is overanalyzing everything, thinking too much. When honestly, I didn't think too much in picking FIU over UConn, or I didn't think too terribly much in picking Old Dominion, but they hit his upsets. So here's my question to you. I don't like how big the number is in Oklahoma and Cincinnati. Don't like it. But honestly, if Oklahoma is going to win this game, I think they win it by maybe substantially more than that. Now, some might say, settle down, Beavis. Someone might be Ted Lehman. But I, I mean, every, so I, and here's the other thing that I did yesterday, Josh. Here's the other thing I did. If I brought this up on the show, I apologize. I've slept since then. I started following Stats of War again. And I started looking at all their, all their pre, pre-game analysis. Which, by the way, I find funny because... They, they claim how wrong were we, and I and maybe I just don't understand the, the physics behind it. But, like, they're trying to claim they weren't wrong in the projections of OSU and South Alabama and things of that nature. And I'm like, if if you projected a score of 31-3 to and they get beat the exact opposite, I don't care what your mathematical formulas tell you. That's DFW. So, <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, not, not a very good prediction. But, but again – I look at those, and as much much as I question, like in my mind, I can't allow myself to accept how wrong they are. I'm like, well, that number says that, and there's obviously a formula behind it. So I'm overanalyzing everything. But even in that, they had Oklahoma winning by right around the spread. So am I? Am I crazy? Am I crazy to think? 
as good as we all know Cincinnati's interior of the defensive line is, as many good players as Scott Satterfield seems to have, as much as we know they have the red you-know-what from their loss against Miami of Ohio. Am I crazy if I look at this and say, I think the Sooners might roll on Saturday. I think that might not be a bad lock in the ref row rumble. I can definitely see the scenario where they, they win by three scores or but, more. But uh, I I can't go there until I see okay. Oklahoma go do that on the road okay. right, versus them this season. Like, in other words, you're not saying that you don't believe it can happen. Correct. You're saying you're not going to go ahead and put this down in ink until you see it. Out of all point. of the games this week, I, I'm not comfortable locking that. Okay. Then let me pose one more. Let me pose one more before we break. This is this is me just vetting a couple of picks for the Ref Royal Rumble between two guys near the top of the table right now. I don't know what to make of West Virginia as a six-and-a-half-point underdog at home. I know Garrett Green's status is up in the air, but Nico looked pretty good filling in last week. I don't know the extent of C.J. Donaldson's injury, but he still ran for over 100 yards. Texas Tech has had the number of West Virginia for a while. West Virginia, though, won a game when they didn't throw for 100. Did you know they didn't throw for 100 yards on Saturday? Josh, neither West Virginia nor Pitt threw for 100 yards in that game. What? But am I crazy in thinking that West Virginia might be a good upset pick this weekend? No, not totally crazy. I'm still, I still don't like the hesitance in your voice right now. Well, I think Texas Tech's going to win that game. Okay, well then, enough said. We don't have to go any further. Let me add one more. Am I thinking with my heart? Am I playing this game with my true desires instead of what I guess my intuition, isn't that what we're relying on here? None of us are none of us are professional spread guys. Maybe Travis is. None of us are professionals when it comes to understanding the spreads or understand. We just pick a winner and, and an upset, right? Rolling with the gut, baby. But is this more heart if I want to pick Baylor over Texas? Is this more, yeah, I think I've seen this movie, and it always ends up disappointing in the end. But yet, in the disappointment, I'm taking great joy. I mean, we've been here where Texas wins a big game early. We've been here. It's happened. We've been here whenever they're back. Many a times. Now, I don't know how many times, Josh, they've gone on the road and beaten an Alabama-esque team. But then again, that has led a lot of people to wonder exactly what is Bama this year. Do you know who has, according to Stats of War, the least efficient offense in all of college football? It's Texas. I saw it's this. Texas. I, 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 it makes no sense. How is that possible? I don't know. Just play to play. So it's feast or famine, basically, is what Stats of uh, War is saying. Right. Stats of War, by the way, is an analytical guy that does a lot of projections on Twitter.com. I don't know if it's him or Thor that's currently on the second week of their victory lap and telling you that Puka Nakua was going to be a great fantasy pickup. <laughs> One of my favorite nerds is doing that on Twitter right now. But 
Baylor's been terrible. I mean, let's just, I mean, they've been terrible. They got smoked by Texas State. They blew the game against Utah. It took a quarterback that was basically throwing underhanded. And they, I mean, did they even put like 50 on Long Island University? I don't know, Josh. No, they scored 30. 30. 30. So why would anyone in their right mind think that there's some magic formula where Baylor suddenly, with what is Sawyer Robertson, going to go out and beat Texas unless you're just picking with your heart? That's what it's got to be, right? I think a little bit, yeah. And just buying into the idea that Texas isn't going to handle prosperity well. I mean, there's nothing else to it because Baylor, outside of, okay, they hung around with Utah and maybe could have, should have, or would have won that game. Right. Nothing Baylor's done is, oh, yeah, Baylor's going to – they're winning at home. I mean, they struggled with Long Island. They lost to Texas State. And really, they weren't even all that good versus Utah, except for Utah wasn't good versus Baylor. Mm-hmm. 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 So I, I hear what you're saying. But I, 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 I also hear what you're saying. I kind of feel that way about that game, too, that it's going to be surprisingly close. And then the other side of my brain, the smart side, is like, dude, Texas is going to win that game by 40. Mm. Because I feel like if it gets even a little bit away from Baylor – it's going to get a lot of it away. I don't know, dude. I don't know. But just there is this, on this wild week of college football, there is this sneaky suspicion. Call it, I don't know, if you want to call it a sixth sense, if you want to call it an idiot sense, I'll wear both of them. I don't think Tech's going to play that well this weekend. I really don't. The question is, will Baylor be able to take advantage of it? And that's the answer I don't know. And what has Dave Aranda even said? What has he come out this week and said? Oh, it's been more than a couple times. People have reminded me that there's a game that's more important than others, right? Yeah, I don't know why he would say that. I don't either, dude. (laughs) Why would you say that? Hmm. Who's with me? Do I pull the trigger? Do I do it? Come on. Because if it hits. Genius. Right? I think you should keep shopping. In terms of, you're saying just the points or the upset special? The upset special. Straight up. I think, yeah, I think you got to keep shopping. It's just a gut. It's just a hunch. You're telling me to go revisit my San Diego States and my Eastern Michigans of the world is what you're saying, right? Right, yes. Okay. All right. Now, Josh said something that I bet he probably didn't even realize it on the show notes today that leads right into what we want to get into next. And as we shift our focus from setting alarms and thinking about potential upsets in week four of the college football season, let's dive into a little bit of expectation talk. And you said, I I don't know how, how Texas is going to handle success, right? That's, I think, almost verbatim from what you said. How are they going to handle prosperity? Prosperity. So that's the same question about what's going on here in Norman. It's Plank Show from Caven's Group on a Thursday right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. What is the plan for you tonight, Josh Helmer? 
You got high school football, or are you taking in the excitement that is Thursday night football? I might be watching a little bit of football, but I'll also be broadcasting a little bit of softball. Hmm. Who you, who you got? Westmore, who you got? Norman North tonight. That's so. fun. Yeah, no, it uh, it should be fun. A couple of really good teams. I got to uh, I got to get caught up on how my Lincoln, what am I saying? My Washington Warriors are doing this year. I I haven't been on the softball train like I need to be, Josh. That's not good. Get you uh, get you in big trouble. Pretty good softball program. I got to I got to make sure I'm following them like they should be. A couple of quick Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text lines. Can we watch you on KRefSports.tv then? You may. KRefSports.tv will see you, uh, well, just a little bit before 630. Is the uh, start time one of those where you can decide to come on whenever you want? I'll come on when I want to. That's right. Yep. If I want to go live at 545, well, by God, we're live at 545. (laughs) It'd be a little bit before 630, though. Cannot wait. Josh, you brought up something that to me I thought is is a fair point. And I'm not, you know, I, I, I'd love to get y'all's take on this on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. You can pick up the phone and call us at 405-329-9000. Is there any part, even the slightest part of you, with all of the excitement, all the hype, all the energy that is building. Now, again, I want to, I'm going to continue to give these caveats to this. So for those of you that feel like I couch too many things in my take, I just, I'm not trying to paint everyone with this broad brush. But there's that group that we talked about from day one that's not going to be happy or not going to be content with anything until well after three games, right? Until well after we see them play Texas. A lot of people. That's, a, that's fine. That might be the right way to do it, to be honest with you. But through three games with a positive buzz, with social media being as embracing as it is, with, you know, even I guess you I, I almost said the newspapers, but it's Twitter, it's X or Facebook or whatever you consume. Do you worry at all about how they handle prosperity, how they handle people saying nice things about them? I really don't. You know, it's uh, a team that I think, would buy into the messaging from its coaching staff that, hey, it ain't good enough. Uh, best is the standard. We ain't done yet. And guess what? Mission's not accomplished. The The real season starts now. So I, I would look at Oklahoma and say that they're just getting started trying to prove doubters wrong. I think, I think you hit something on the head, which has been pretty, pretty consistent. There hasn't been – over-adulation from the coaching staff, right, later on in this show today. In fact, uh, Gary's going to join us in about 30 minutes from now. We're going to hit some of the coaches' corner comments. Even even Ted Roof, whenever we talk about the defensive line, I kind of joke, hey, I know you want it to to be better. And he goes, yeah, much better. So – you know, any of this that they're getting from the outside, which is good. I, I'd much rather have the positive than the negative, Josh. <laughs> but I don't think it's inflating their sense of where they are 
or what more they need to do. Maybe a, a very small group, but there's enough, I think, leadership and experience in that room to let them know that it's not good enough. And there's plenty of work to be done. And all of their goals, guess what? They're attainable, but not with the mindset that we've went and accomplished nothing yet. Because, look, they've done what they were supposed to do, which is be 3-0 and at this point. And no disrespect to anything that's happened beforehand, but the real season starts now. This is where Oklahoma has to go earn its way back into being a program that can go compete for and win this conference. This is where... This is where you really start to find out just exactly what you are, right? This is that moment. So I'm I'm fired up about the possibilities, Josh. I really truly am. I don't I don't think this is a situation where you have to worry at all about where this team is mentally. I feel like is it fair to say that seems to be kind of the least of the worries? You don't have a coach going out there talking about how good they are, how great they are, how incredible they are. You haven't heard the term they're close. In fact, what have you heard consistently? We got a long way to go. So it's weird because conversely, yeah, I think I've heard a little bit more of, and not from the, again, from Sark, but from the coaches, you know, I think what, what Jim Ford tried to say, rat poison, like, oh, it's, it's all rat poison when talking about the hype around Texas. But there does seem to be kind of a, all right, mission accomplished, we beat Alabama. And maybe if Oklahoma had played Georgia in week two and beat them, it, it might be similar. I don't know. But I don't think that I'm worried at all about the nice things that are being said becoming a distraction for this team bottom line it right but yeah in the same vein we look at texas and we worry about that right we worry okay how are they going to handle this prosperity they didn't look all that great they were going in the fourth quarter in trouble against wyoming they didn't play all that great for a you know three quarters against rice but then they went out and they bombed against and they balled excuse me against alabama so it's it's different because i think we both feel the same way right we feel good about OU handling it you know, we'll find out firsthand coming up in the OU Texas game in a couple of weeks. But I, I mean, it might be homeristic to some, but I think Oklahoma is in a position to kind of handle that prosperity right now a little bit better than Texas. Yeah, the fact that maybe. you're still trying to prove yourself right. maybe works to Oklahoma's advantage a little bit because there, there's been some nice things said, Plank, but it's not an overwhelmingly, even though for Oklahoma, you're number two, I think, in the ESPN FBI. Now, there's computer models and things that indicate, okay, yes, Oklahoma, this is a different football team, and you and I and others around here are talking about that, but nationally, mm-hmm. everybody's saying, yeah, but they haven't played anybody. So, right. it's not like, it, it, it's totally different, the reception for Oklahoma versus the reception nationally for Texas right now, as it should be, because Texas went on the road to Bryant-Denny Stadium and beat Alabama, who's been one of the uh, leading forces in college football for over a decade, right? I mean, they went and they they earned that, and Oklahoma has to, guess what, go earn it this week at Nippert Stadium versus Cincinnati and earn it versus Iowa State, and then obviously, most importantly, versus Texas. 
651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Uh, and, of course, Riverwind Casino Jackpot line, 405-329-9000. Real quick before we break, because I'm out after I after the first hour tomorrow. And, by the way, funny story. I've been trying to get a Cincinnati guest. So I just started perusing the different Cincinnati beat writers and reporters, and one of these guys had a contact. I'm like, oh, I'll click on that and see if I can get them on. It went to a contact page, which are the – by the way, those are the worst. And I know we've got one, too. But where it's not just an email address, but it's a, your name, what's your subject? Yeah. What is it? Ah, just just put an email address on there, people. We want your phone number or your email. That's all we're looking for. That's it. That's it. I, I, that's all I need. I don't need a survey. But so I, I was like, well, you know what? Let's just go through the process. He got right back to me. He got right back to me. And I'm like, hey, I got a show from 9 to noon, Central Time. Would love to get you on. Would love to get you on, man. Would you have some time? He responded with, I can I can do it at 2 o'clock, which was my response. My show is from 9 to noon every single day. Is there any chance that you could come on the program? Uh, but we worked through it. And so tomorrow, Josh, on the program, Keith Jenkins, who covers Cincinnati, I believe he's their sideline reporter, too, or at least works in the TV network in some capacity, will join us in the 10 o'clock hour to prepare for the Bearcats. Love it. Want to learn a little bit more about them? It's all for you. Don't say I'm taking Friday off whenever I give you this Keith Jenkins interview. That's right. That's right. What, uh, what, what does your travel plan look like? Ooh. I don't know. Uh, I'll have to double check it during the break. I think we're leaving. I think we're wheels up at like 11 a.m. All right. Tomorrow. So you'll get to hang out for a, a very small portion. We'll talk to Keith Jenkins and then uh, see you later. No go. Yeah, I, I think the best thing about tomorrow more than anything else is that the flight is early enough I don't have to spend the whole day worrying about it. That's that's the best sign for me. I won't I won't spend the whole day freaking out about the fact that I have to fly. So if you if you crave, if you need more Cincinnati Bearcat information, Keith Jenkins will join us tomorrow on the program. In the meantime, you'll hear Coach's Corner uh, tonight, but we get to give you the sneak peek of what DeMarco Murray and Ted Roof had to say. Your text message is coming up next from Cavens on a Thursday on The Ref. You ever accidentally click one button on your computer and it opens up 700 things? Has that ever happened to you, Josh? Oh, yeah. Uh, do not ever accidentally open up this teams button on microsoft or the security one. Oh my gosh uh all right welcome into the plank show right here on the home of sooner fans you want to hit a couple of these uh knippenmeyer chevrolet text line josh texts that's going to be the best way to finish it i would assume the lack of response means yes sec snob writes when oklahoma takes care of business then takes down texas in the cotton bowl then and only then Will we be back in the top ten in the country? We'll know then that the Sooners are back. I I can't argue with you at all, sir or ma'am. I'm going. I'm going to assume, sir, because Josh, I think in the end that's what Oklahoma has to do, right? You're not going to get anyone, and I mean anyone, just magically jumping on board 
after what's happened the last few weeks, right? This is going to be, oh, gosh, this is going to be until Texas is the reality, right? We're not going to know until we get, and we're not going to, I say we, they're not going to get the national respect that you feel like they deserve until you get to Texas anyway. Beat Texas, and uh, Oklahoma might not be in the top five, but they're going to be right there knocking on the door safely inside the top ten. You know, obviously, dependent upon what's going on elsewhere. You, you look at it, Ohio State, Notre Dame, that's something's got to give there mm-hmm. this week. Uh, Florida State, Clemson, okay, there's a chance Florida State could stumble. I like Florida State to win, but uh, so there's going to be some jockeying of position. There'll be some musical chairs shuffling, but generally speaking, I, I expect a, a lot of the top five to kind of resemble what the top five looks like right now, but boom, you knock off Texas, you're going to be right there. That's right. You knock off Texas, you're going to be right there. SEC snob, I agree with you. Caleb in the 580, I'm going I'm going to assume is fairly new to the show, Caleb, by the second part of your text. First part. At what point do we stop being overlooked this season? And can this team handle the pressure of being highly ranked? Do therein lies kind of what we were referring to in that first segment, right, Josh? How do they handle that? And you want to get to that point, right? You you improve if this team is five and zero heading into Texas, it's probably going to be a top ten team. Because depending on how good the Ohio State Notre Dame game is, someone's going to fall there. Ole Miss is going to fall if they lose Alabama and vice versa. Or, so or or they'll jump in front of you, but Alabama will tumble. Alabama behind may. You. May, may drop a spot in the rankings if they lose to Ole Miss. <laughs> they might, might rise two spots. But I, I think that's going to be a fascinating conversation. I feel like to a certain extent we kind of answered it, right? When will Oklahoma stop being overlooked? When they beat Texas. But then Caleb from the 580 ads. How much do you guys pay attention to ESPN's FPI? They're about the only rankings I look at until the CFB rankings. We have the second best chance to make the playoffs other than Ohio State. Can I go first? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I think the ESPN FPI is fun to paints me. To play around with, hey, the projections look like this, the percentages that OU is going to win the Big 12 are XYZ or that they can go to the college football playoff of this. I think it's fun, right? It's good for us. Sure. It makes for good media fodder. Do I put a bunch of stock into it? No, I do not. But I, I here's, here's why. And, and again, I'm, I'm playing Caleb. Don't get mad at me. I have been triggered by two things from the FPI. Number one, it over, always, always overvalues Texas. And number two, in 2017, this shows you how long this grudge has been held, too. In 2017, Josh, for weeks after Oklahoma, well, at least a couple weeks, because I know you lost to Iowa State and kind of ruined it, but for weeks after OU had beaten Ohio State, they kept Ohio State mathematically ahead of OU. Well, it's just a computer ranking. It's just a mathematic formula. Don't care. Dumb formula. Change it. But I, I, like, the, I like what you're talking about. Well, and- I like the way you're thinking. You know, just to play this game a little bit here. Go ahead. I'd rather Oklahoma be ranked second than thirty fourth. You know, I that's mean, true. It, it 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 on some level, 
whether or not you think it's the end-all, be-all, which I think you've pretty clearly indicated, and I, I hope I have too, I'm not living and dying by what ESPN's FPI says, but in, on some level, it's a nice indicator that the analytical side, the computers, they think Oklahoma's a good football team. Uh, analytically, what they've seen from Oklahoma's numbers so far, it loves OU. And I'd rather right. be in the place where the 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 number crunchers, the computer dorks are saying, yes, Oklahoma, 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 versus, you know, the computer saying, eh, we think Oklahoma's not very good. Oh, you might be a little bit overrated. They're not saying that. They're not saying that right now. Um, <laughs> from the, for 5808, to see ESPN's FPI, you have to watch or pay attention to ESPN. Very well done. Uh, Brad from the OKC. Why, why did I just say that from the OKC? I, I like that. <laughs> Let's let that stick. We, we have a caller on Mad Dog, Josh. Maybe this is why. His name's Mike from the OC. He literally calls every show every day. I don't know if he has a job. He might be a professional radio caller. Every time I turn on Mad Dog, he's calling the show. So maybe that's where it came from. Brad from the OKC. I think if they beat Texas, they're in the top three. FBI already has Oklahoma at a 16.2% chance to win the national championship, which is second best in the country. I find that interesting. Guys, part of the problem. You're part of the problem, Brad, and I love you like a brother. But we will take even the most, not that the FBI is vile, but we'll take the most vile enemy. But if they're saying nice things about us, it's like, ooh. Well, have you seen this? But have you seen this? <laughs> you know, and I, just to peel the curtain back a little bit. Go ahead. On, uh, on my writing side. I write a story about ESPN's matchup predictor and the FPI every single week, right? Because uh-huh. it, it generates reaction. It's, it's good for that. But me individually, how do I feel about it? It's too soon to look at these numbers. It's, it's too soon. Once we get past the Texas game, okay, if Oklahoma goes down there and just beats Texas, but if they go down there and, and beat them handily, uh, now you can start, start luring me in, hooking me in a little bit with, well, did you see ESPN's FPI says Oklahoma's got XYZ percentage to go win a national championship? Let's talk then. It's too mm-hmm. soon now. We've we've not seen enough from Oklahoma. Um, I, this from the 918 is interesting. Until Venables wins 50-plus games in his first five years as a head coach, you and your station doesn't have any right to question the way that Coach Riley chose to motivate his Sooners. Oh, man, I like that dude from the 918. I don't think you realize the Pandora's box you just opened up, buddy. Do you you want me to – where do we start? What he inherited, how he – well, they got some talent and never really panned out outside of the quarterbacks. I mean, I I can go down – do you want me to go down this list or you just want to say, all right, man, we'll see if BB can get 50 wins in five seasons (laughs) and move on. Uh, The 405. But the pollsters – don't think Alabama is any good either. They dropped Alabama out of the top ten when they won this weekend. You know what's interesting about that's a really good point because it's one of the first times I think Josh, where the AP poll or the coaches poll has kind of looked at it and said they don't have a quarterback. They don't have a quarterback. And in years past, when you think about the Alabama quarterbacks that have won national championships. 
you know, you, you kind of need a dude now, right? And even though Georgia won a national championship with what is always going to be viewed as a walk-on, the guy was still fourth-round NFL draft pick, you know? So I, I think the lack of a quarterback really triggered that more than anything else. It's a good point. But even then, it's not like they fell out of the top 25 That's right. rankings. I mean, That's they're right. what? They're 12th in the coaches and 13th in the AP. So you can say that the pollsters don't like them, but – and this is just, you know, one example. Kansas State loses at Missouri. They're out of the poll, and probably they should be, but it's not like Alabama went tumbling out of the polls. They still have Alabama ranked in front of Oklahoma. Yes. So, what? I mean, are you saying that the pollsters don't like OU at all? They still – have Alabama ranked ahead of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Fair point. All right, um, dude, I could sit here and just read these all day long, and these are great. Um, our coach is cooler than yours, Texas. Luke, the sergeant of Stutzman's Army, that's high ranking. This year's Texas team reminds me of the last few years of OU teams. They're really good, but haven't put it together for four quarters. They ball out for one or two quarters a game, but the other quarters they aren't clicking, and they can't fix. Uh, they can't fix it. It'll cost them. So not sure if it's can or can't handle the prosperity, but more can or can't put it together for four quarters. Good Luke. stuff. I like it. Deep thinking, Luke. I like it. What did what did Dion drop? I'm not a moment. I'm a monument. That's right along those lines, Luke. We're going to talk about our great partners, Cavens, coming up at the top of the hour. If you don't know about Cavens Group, well, time to get educated. They've been in business for over 13 years, and with the needs of the community, they've transitioned their business model and emergency response environmental group. No longer a remodel contractor. Basically, fire response, water losses, mold remediation, crime scene, and emergency board up. Check them out today at 405-573-3048 or online at cavensgroup.com. It's Plank Show. Let's get to the phones before the top of the hour. What's going on, Coach T? How you doing, man? I was at the uh, top 2A school in the state yesterday watching softball. Oh, yeah? And it's east of Oklahoma City. Try to guess where it's at. East of Oklahoma City, top 2A high school softball team in Oklahoma. Softball, baseball, basketball, all three. Um, Got a uh, casino right beside it. Is it uh, – oh, is it like east? Oh, I don't know. I'm, you got to remember, I'm directionally challenged. On I-40. On I-40. Oh, Shawnee? I'm about to ki- no, Dell. Dale. Oh, Dale. Dale. Yes. Dale. Juggernaut. Juggernaut. Sorry. Yeah. Buddy's uh, head principal over there, Coach Hutchie, who was at Ampo. And he's there now, and his daughter's one of the the better players. They just got all good players. And they won uh, both games yesterday, 15 to nothing, 14 to nothing. So they're one game from the Super Regional. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I walked over and watched some baseball, and they just kicking butt, too. And then I mm-hmm. talked to Coach Edmondson. You know Coach Edmondson? Probably. I'm not really good on names. Well, he's a, he's a boys basketball coach at Dell. All right. Order was over a day before. Well, good, man. 
I could have done this all day long, and I would have never guessed Dale, just so you know. Uh, we would have been well, here probably until the, the five, 5 o'clock hour this afternoon. Probably the finest sports community in the state of Oklahoma, I'd say. I think Washington, that, Oklahoma would like to have a word with you about that, Coach T. No, uh, Washington, Washington, well, they got football. Dale don't. Dale might win five uh, or six state titles this year, but I saw that boy that's going to OU. Boy, he is one stout boy. Really? The, bas- the basketball player. I hear good he can, things. Uh, he can play baseball, too. He's good. I, but, I, uh, uh, you know what's interesting to me is all these guys that are coming through right now, uh, baseball players. Nate Roberts, you hear good things about him as a baseball player. So we got some dudes on the diamond, Coach T. Yep. Well, I want to say I talked to Edmondson and Harold Jones, who's 80-something years old, used to be athletic director, Head basketball coach at Dell saw him yesterday. He's looking great, and uh, what a fine community, and uh, it's a great place to be. And uh, I hope they what? win state and everything. I know them and Pecola are going to battle in 2A. There you go. That, Beautiful. That Appreciate it, Coach Pecola. T. Have a good one. Look hey, have you. a good day, Chris. Bye. I like talking to Coach T. It reminds me of talking to my grandma. She'll tell me, She would tell me a bunch of people's names I'm supposed to know, and I have no <laughs> clue who they are. Thanks, Coach T. It's Plank Show on the Ref.